Chapter Fourteen of The Caves of Fear by John Blaine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter Fourteen The Caves of Fear. Instantly, all lights were directed at the back of the cave. Zircon rushed around the statue and stopped short as his light found only rock walls. He has to be here somewhere, the scientist bellowed. Hunt for him. Rick stood for a moment, estimating the direction from which the light had come. He walked to the part of the wall on which they had seen the shadow and stood with his back to it. He flashed his light straight ahead, and it fell on the broad back of the black Buddha. The others had followed his line of thought and were watching. Look for a door, Scotty said. He hurried to the back of the statue and began examining it with his light. Rick joined him. Zirkin got out a jackknife and began to probe into cracks. Chada got down on hands and knees and felt along the base. The back of the statue was seamed with cracks, but they ran helter-skelter without apparent order. The illumination against which the shadow was cast had been rectangular. There isn't a straight line in the bunch, Rick said, disappointed. What now? There must be a way to open the door, wherever it is, Zircon stated. That's what we must look for, I think. It may be on the statue itself, on the floor, or on a wall nearby. Rick, you and Scotty take the statue. Chada and I will take the walls and floor. What are we hunting for? Scotty asked. I don't know. Perhaps a knob, perhaps a keyhole. Look for anything unusual. Rick and Scotty began at opposite sides of the statue's back and started working toward each other, examining every inch of the black stone minutely. Zircon and Chada started side by side on the wall behind the statue and worked away from each other. Rick used his jackknife to probe every suspicious crack or chip, but without success. He and Scotty covered the back as high up as they could reach without finding a thing. Zircon and Chada worked along the wall until they were thirty feet apart. Then the scientists called a halt on the theory that the secret lock wouldn't be that far from the door. The door was either in the statue's back or near its base. While Zircon and Chada started examining the floor, Rick and Scotty started on the statue's sides. There was more decoration along the sides, so they had to go more slowly and carefully. After a while, Chada called, Something here. The others stopped what they were doing and hurried to him. The Hindu boy's light was on a tiny slot in the floor. It seemed shallow. Rick pointed out that the floor in the area was checkered, almost like a tiled floor. There must be a reason for that, Zircon said. He knelt by the slot and peered into it. Nothing in the slot, however. Rick, isn't yours a scout knife? Yes, sir, Rick handed it to him. Zircon opened the screwdriver blade and pushed it into the slot. Nothing happened. He moved it from side to side, with no effect. There must be some reason for that slot, Scotty said. Try again, Professor. Push harder. 
Zircon shoved the blade down into the hole and pushed. There must be a special key of some kind, he said finally. That is, if the slot has anything to do with the door. I suggest we continue the search until we're satisfied that this is the only possibility. Rick nodded, disappointed. He turned back to the statue and took a step forward into space. A wild yell burst from him as he felt himself falling. Then Scotty had him by the jacket and was hauling him back. Rick collapsed on the stone floor, his heart pounding. The others shot their flashlights into the place where he had stepped. A section of the floor had swung upward, right at the base of the statue. It yawned open, and from its lip a flight of steps led downward. It worked, Chada said, but was so silent we never hear it. Scotty gripped his rifle and snapped off the safety catch. Then, holding the weapon in one hand like a pistol, he took his flashlight in the other hand and started down. Zircon was right behind him. Rick got to his feet and felt for the dark light camera. It hadn't been jarred because his body had cushioned it. But he wanted to be sure the strap was still secure on his shoulder. Satisfied that all was well, he started down the steps after Zircon. He didn't fancy going into the underground part of the cave, but there was no choice. This was what they had come for. There were ten broad stone steps carved from the rock. Rick shot his light around and saw that a heavy beam ran from the underside of the trap door down to the bottom of the stairs where it ended in a stone block. It was a counterbalance, the weight of the stone evidently just enough heavier than the door so that moving the latch would let it swing open. The latch itself was a piece of metal, probably bronze, that slid in a channel carved in the underside of the door. Rick guessed that the sideways pressure of the blade in the slot had let the door open rather than the downward shove Zircon had given. A cord of leather ran from the latch back along the corridor so that anyone entering the rock tunnel could tug on it and open the door without climbing the stairs. Rick joined Zircon and Scotty at the bottom of the steps. Chada was right behind him. The stairs ended in a long, low passage, just high and wide enough for a man to pass. It was perhaps fifty feet long, and it ended in blackness that indicated a bigger passage, or another cave, beyond. Rick touched the walls and noted the marks of ancient chisels. The passage had been cut in the living rock. Have your rifles ready, Zircon directed. Chada, you have the big light. Lead the way, and we'll cover you. Chada switched on his big light and took the lead. The others, rifles ready for instant use, followed close behind. Big Zircon held his weapon over Chada's shoulder as the Hindu boy walked slowly down the passage. In a moment, they were at the entrance to the next passage or cave. Chada peered in, turning his light from side to side. Zircon, looking over his head, said, A large cave beyond. Very large. Chada, do you see anything? Chada shook his head. Only rock. Nothing inside I can see. All right. Go ahead. The Hindu boy stepped into the cave, the rest following. 
Rick saw that Zircon hadn't exaggerated. The cave was even larger than the one that held the Black Buddha. Chada's big light picked out the opposite wall, dimly. The scientist brought his own light into play, turning it on the walls nearest them. Odd, he muttered. The character of the rock changes completely. This is almost surely limestone. Rick had to grin. Even chasing Long Shadow through an underground cavern couldn't quiet Zircon's scientific curiosity. What do we do now, Professor? he asked. Zircon looked up from his examination of the whitish rock. Heck, oh, sorry, Rick. Why, I suppose we explore a bit more. I don't think we'd better go far, however. Now that we know that Long Shadow is here, we had better return to camp and get extra food, batteries, and ammunition. However, I would like a look at the opposite side. There must be further passages, because this cave obviously doesn't contain our friend. Suppose, Scotty started to say. Rick never found out what Scotty was going to say, for, at that moment, the four whirled as something grated behind them. They were in time to see metal rods slam home across the entrance through which they had come. Rick and Scotty reached the entrance first. Each of the boys grabbed one of the rods and tugged. They were rigid. We're locked in! Rick's voice was harsh. Let me look, Zircon said quietly. The boys stood back while he made a careful inspection. From floor to top of the passage entrance, the metal bars blocked the way. They were about an inch thick, spaced only six inches apart. They had shot out of holes in one side of the passage and lodged in corresponding holes on the opposite side. None of them had noticed the holes. They had been too curious about what lay beyond the passage. Zircon put his massive strength against one of the bars. It didn't move. He tried to slide it either way. There wasn't even a fraction of an inch of slack. He turned, and at the expression on his face, a shiver slid down Rick's spine. Long Shadow had caught them neatly. They were trapped in the caves of fear. End of chapter 14